ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 312th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to title this episode, Oh, When the Saints Come Marching In. The New Orleans Saints will come into the Mercedes-Benz Stadium for a big game for them and a possible spoiler game for the Falcons. Hey, take note, get out your pens and pads right now. If you're going to the game, the game time has been switched. The game will be at 425. If the Saints win and the 49ers lose, the Saints will earn the seventh seed in the playoffs. So they wanted the Saints and the 49ers playing at the same time so the 49ers wouldn't know beforehand if they needed to win or not to go to the playoffs for the seventh seed. So if you um, got it on your tickets, it's a 1 o'clock game. If you start tailgating at 10 o'clock, you're going to be out there a long time. So 425 kickoff Sunday, Atlanta Falcons 7-9 and nine against the New Orleans Saints 8-8 eight and eight at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. A lot on the line for the Saints, not so much for the Falcons as they'll try to close out the season here. Here's what the game means to Coach Arthur Smith and Sean Payton. You know, we need to go out and win this game, D-Led. You know, division game, we got a, I got a ton of respect for the Saints and what, what they've done in their program for a long time and, and Sean Payton. We understand, you know, any division game is huge. Uh, certainly this one, being here in Atlanta, being another home game against a really quality opponent, and we, we need to go win this game. You know, this is a must-win game. You know, we got to find a way to get to 9-8. and eight. Ultimately, we, we have to play well uh, against Atlanta and get a win. All right, that's how both coaches see the game. Now, the Falcons uh, needed to win in Buffalo to keep their hopes alive. They couldn't pull that off, 29-15. to 15. Now, they're going to be kicking themselves for a game earlier in the season against the Washington football team where they had the lead and couldn't run out the clock. If they won that game, they're sitting here 8-8, eight and eight, battling with the Saints and the 49ers for a playoff bid. But that didn't happen. They're seven and nine, fourth straight losing season, and uh, can only play a spoiler role and build some character and all this off-season momentum and things like that. Coach wouldn't commit to whether they're going to give a lot of young guys more playing time or not. But all we, um, all the Falcons have to play for is you know some pride, good old pride and poise football on Sunday at 4:25 p.m. Now, the Saints haven't exactly been world beaters. They've been uh, uh, bit by the injury bug, had three different starting quarterbacks this year. But, hey, they do have a defense, and we're going to see that when we do our tail of the tape. So, game by game, they sputtered about. The seventh playoff spot has made it, has made it possible for a team right around 500 to get in to the playoffs on a more regular basis. And, you know, they um, they stumbled this year. They started off 
two and one. Then they made it to five and two. Then boom, they lost one, two, three, four, five games uh, in there. The Falcons started them on a five-game losing streak, but they put it together late with a soft schedule and uh, made it up to eight and eight. The uh, they beat the Jets thirty to nine on uh, December the twelfth. Beat Tampa Bay nine to nothing. That was big. That was the one that you know the Falcons couldn't get a. T uh, a win against a team with a winning record, a big playoff team. They did. That's the difference between uh, why they are 8-8 eight and eight and why the Falcons are 7-9. and nine. And then they lost to the Dolphins, who the Falcons beat. So kind of the middle teams um, beating up on each other. Now, last week they got a clutch 18-10 win over the Carolina Panthers. And um, their starting quarterback now is Tyson Hill, which uh, – which is bad news for the Falcons. We'll explain that later. But Tyson Hill hasn't thrown an interception during the Saints' three-game winning streak. Here's what Peyton thought about the performance last week. It was kind of up and down at times, and yet, you know, he led us uh, on some key drives. You know, he missed a throw or two. I'm sure he'd want back. But, again, it's another win under his belt. Um, you know, we'll have a chance to look at the tape and really be able to look through uh, the sequencing, the plays, and, and, and get a grade. But um, I was happy that we got the win. And, and you know, uh, ball security was important. And, you know, I thought he did, did a good job with that. All right, Hill threw for 222 yards, his second highest total this season, while also rushing for 45 yards. Now, on offense, uh, their key guy here is uh, Alvin Kamara. We know that from, um, you know, Norcross High. Alabama and Tennessee, he uh, rushed for 752 yards and four touchdowns. Tyson Hill is the second leading rusher, 65 for 356 and five touchdowns. And Mark Ingram's the third, 68 for 260 and one. Now receiving, you know, they, they don't have a lot of their weapons or haven't had them this season. Uh, so Marquez Callaway is the top receiver with 45 Catches for 698 and six touchdowns. Uh, Kamara is second with 45, 423, and five touchdowns. And Deontay Harris has 33 for 546 and three touchdowns. So, um, you know, Troutman, the big tight end, is uh, hot and cold, but he's got 26 catches for 245 and one. And uh, Taquan Smith, former UCFer. 27 catches for 301 and two touchdowns. So in that game against the uh, Panthers, Tyson Hill completed 17 of 22 of his passes, uh, had a passer rating of 97.6 in that 18 to uh, 10 victory. Now, last time the Falcons played him, Trevor Simeon started the game. And, uh, you know, the Falcons pulled that one out 27-25 on November the 7th down in New Orleans. You know, Matt Ryan hit the big bomb to Corderell Patterson, 50 yards up the sideline. Young Wei Koo came in and iced the game after the Falcons blew a lead, but uh, they pulled it out. So, um, and the, the bad news is Tyson Hill was 2-0 against the Falcons last year for the Falcons, folks. That's bad news for them. Now, let's look at um, Tyson's numbers. You know, um, I'm not a big Tyson guy. He, he looked... Uh, you know, uh, 
coming out kind of erratic, but Coach Sean has been able to coach uh, at least have him make throws that you know fit him and so forth. It's not a really high um, completion percentage, but he's seventh. But he was last week. He only missed five balls. But overall, he's uh, 71 of 125 for 871 this year, 56.8 percentage, uh, three touchdowns and five interceptions with a 69.8 passer rating. So they're not going to win with offense. Uh, you know, they're not. The offense is, you know, basically trying to, you know, get in field goal range. They kick four field goals against the Panthers, not turn the ball over. You know, maybe Kamara could get loose. They don't have the, you know, Marquez might get open. Uh, Harris is fast, a little short, fast, speedy guy. Taekwon hasn't lived up to uh, the bill in there. So, you know, they're, they're devoid of weapons. They're kind of trying to play uh, good management football on the offensive side of the ball. Now, on the defense, Cam Jordan is leading the way, and we know uh, about him. And, uh, you know, the Falcons have struggled against some of the top pass rushers. So the offensive line, they have another huge challenge this week in stopping Cam Gordon, who's been a dominant defensive end. Listen, he's played well for a long time here, so it would be hard to give it one of those evers. But he's certainly playing awfully well, and, and it's been important to to how we play defensively. It's been important to how we play as a team. So, uh it's impressive. That's Coach Sean Payton. Jordan has 3.5. He had 3.5 sacks last week against the Panthers and 7.5 in the last three games. Uh, overall, he's the team sack leader. He has 11.5. And Marcus Davenport, who's showing uh, some promise. You know, they traded all those picks for him a couple years back. Old Terry Fontenot and uh, – uh, uh, the Saints uh, folks, they, they traded a lot of picks to get Marcus Davenport, and he's got 7.5 sacks this year. The um, team has 43 overall, so they can get to the passer. Now, um, their top tackler is a guy that Falcons coach Arthur Smith told me he just likes to watch. When he gets to just watch football, here's the guy that he likes. It's uh, linebacker Demario Davis. He's kind of uh, the glue on that side of the ball, they have, uh, you know, Cam Jordan on the front level. They got Demario Davis in the middle part. And then in the secondary, you got Marshawn Lattimore. So, you know, they got key players at all levels of the defense. And that's why they are 8-8 uh, eight and eight and have a shot to go to the playoffs. They have a superior unit, uh, at least one, the defense. And Davis has 100 tackles. Lattimore has 66. And C cornerback Paulson Adebo has 61. So those are the top tacklers for the Saints on the defense. As we're previewing the defense. Uh, in the secondary, you got a, you know, a group of guys with three interceptions. Lattimore, P.J. Williams, and C.J. Gardner-Johnson. His real name's Chauncey. But uh, he goes by CJ. So um, those are the guys uh, in the secondary you want to stay away from. They have three uh, gentlemen with three interceptions. So let's move on to special teams here. They had a really bad kicking situation. Will Lutz, Georgia State, um, had core surgery, didn't come back right. And so they've been having a, a musical chairs at cornerback. But Brett Meyer has stabilized the place kicker spot. He made each of his four field goals he attempted in New Orleans uh, in the victory over the Panthers. 
He's now made 12 consecutive field goals and 13 or 14 overall since rejoining the club in week 11. After Lutz didn't make it back, they had Aldrick Roez, Brian Johnson, Cody Parker, and that trio missed three field goals and five PATs. The punter is Blake Gilligan, placed three punts down inside the 20 last week against the Panthers. And Deontay Harris is the punt returner and kickoff returner, averages 9.5 on punt returns and 24.2 on kickoff returns. So we talked about the the superior unit, and it kind of comes out here in the tail of the tape where um, the Saints' defense is the only unit that will be on the field that's ranked in the top 10 in any in any category. The defense is 7 in points. They only give up 19-7. They're top 10 against uh, yards, 322.1. And they four, they're fourth against the rush at 95.4. So they should be able to stop the Falcons' run game, which is 86.8 to 30th in the league. They moved up from 31st. Overall, the Falcons' offense is 26th in the league at 306.7. And so the Saints have the number one, the number eighth defense going against the 26th ranked offense. So. The Falcons are going to have trouble scoring points like they've had in the last couple of weeks. Okay, point-wise, they're giving up uh, 19-7. So that's um, seventh in the league, and the Falcons are only scoring 18.3 points a game. So um, that's the mismatch there. The Saints defense against the Falcons offense. Now looking at the Falcons uh, defense against the Saints offense, that's where you got to try to make hay at because uh, uh, neither unit is um, highly ranked. The Falcons' defense is the 29th ranked defense uh, in points, where the Saints are 19th. The Saints are scoring 20.9. Falcons giving up 26.8. Coming off a pretty good show in, in uh, Buffalo, unless till they got ran over by the 233 yards. So the Saints also uh, have the 29th ranked offense uh, total yards. They're giving up three. They're they're amassing 305 a game, and so that's the 29th going against the 24th ranked defense. The Falcons are uh, giving up 364.1. So that you know they're kind of evenly matched. In uh, the bad category, the one thing the Saints do good is run the ball. So, 112.3, that's 16. So, that's 17. So, they're 17th ranked against the run. So, you can kind of see what's going to happen here. The Saints, um, you know, they got a running attack, 112.3, that's 17th. That's right outside our threshold. You know, we want to be in the top 16, top half of the league. So they're close. And then the Falcons are um, in the bottom, giving up the run, especially after last week, 127.6. So it doesn't take uh, John Madden, God rest his soul, to figure out that the Saints are going to try to run the ball on the Falcons. They're going to try to run down their throat, kind of like what the Bills did last week. And then defensively, they just got shut down. Uh, Corderell Patterson, and Kyle Pitts, if Kyle Pitts is playing. So, uh, Kyle Pitts, we didn't get an update on him from Coach. He's going to look at the MRIs, but he didn't rule him out. So, that's a good sign. 
So just a um, couple more things here. The time of possession, the Saints are near the top half of the league in that. So 29 and uh, 29 minutes, 56 seconds, 18th in the league. The Falcons, 28 minutes, 38 seconds in the league, which is 27th. And uh, Falcons just haven't been able to run the ball to keep that number up high. And the turnover differential, the Saints are plus four, and the Falcons are minus three. Even though they were four to one last week, that was pretty good. But uh, the Saints have turned the ball over much better than the Falcons here. So... Going into that game on Sunday, we know what's going to happen. They're going to try to run the ball on the Falcons. The Falcons are going to have to figure out some way to cobble together some offense. Uh, Russell Gage has got to do something. Uh, you know, Pitts is probably, I mean, why play him? Uh, but he's going to want to try to play. He had a hamstring injury against Buffalo in the second quarter. He ran out on the field, looked like he was ready to go. But they're not going to risk him in a, a meaningless game, I don't think. So we'll see uh, some of the subs, which brings us to uh, the fact that they had to rely on practice squad players in the last game. Practice squad players uh, got 66 snaps against Buffalo. It's a very high number. So I asked Coach Smith how he got all those players ready to play. Yeah, it's part of the you know job description of a professional coach and uh... – those were what the circumstances were, and so we, we had to adapt. We had to adapt in-game. There was a lot of moving parts going on in the middle of the game. Um, and guys stepped up. We, you know, we've got a lot of production from guys that weren't necessarily with us in camp. Guys have been on our practice squad. They've had to step up. So we, we obviously came up short, um, but I appreciate those guys and, and the staff and getting the guys ready to go. All right, just a couple things here before we get out. Uh, you know, mentioned Coach Reeves. Uh, Coach Dan passed away. Uh, first coach to lead the Falcons to the um, Super Bowl back in 1998-99. Magical season, a 98 season. The game was actually in 99. But uh, got to talk to uh, Jamal Anderson. Uh, he shared his thoughts with us about Coach. Also, Chuck Smith and... Um, uh, Bob Whitfield, Big Bob, and Jesse the Hammer Tuggle all shared uh, their thoughts on Coach Dan. You can Google those stories on AJC.com. couple um, housekeeping matters for the Falcons. You know, once you get out of the playoffs, start looking for the draft. Hey, right now they'd be picking 10th, and they can, if they lose here in the right combination, they can get as high as 7th in this draft. So you'd have back-to-back -to -back top 10 picks possibly. When you're rebuilding, that's a good thing. Uh, if they win and fall back, uh, they could go as far back as 16. So somewhere between 7 and 16 is where you pick. Uh, you know, so the Falcons, uh, they, could, they could spoil the Saints' playoff bid, but then hurt their draft situation, and we'll see how that plays out on Sunday. Uh, a couple other things. Falcons are four-and-a-half-point favorites at home. According to Bet Online, the uh, over and under is 40 uh, for the um, Falcons. And then remember, hey, we're going to do um, a better job of asking, but we're going to ask you to kind of look out, too, for our mailbag after the uh, Saints game. It's going to be late this time. So uh, at a, a 425 start, remember that the game has uh, been pushed back, and we'll, we'll tweet out during the game. 
I try to tweet it out at least a couple times to remind you to send your questions along about the Atlanta Falcons. So with that, we're going to get out of here. We're going to ask you all to have a great rest of your week. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. From the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, The Monica Pearson Show. When you look at what you've become, what has it cost you? Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most powerful influencers, as you've never heard them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.